0: Hello, and welcome to the Victory on the Bang podcast. You're listening to a message from our preaching series entitled Want More. Together, we'll discover what the Word of God says about money and how the right understanding can help us live a life of greater faith, contentment, and generosity. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. All right. How are you today, this afternoon? Wonderful, wonderful. I am just so blessed to be here with you. I'm so honored. Um, I, I, as, as, as my twin brother stated, Pastor Ariel, uh, he is, I, I'm his twin in North America, and he's my twin in Asia. And uh, he's just a little bit better good-looking than me than just a little bit, but... So I'm so honored to be here. I, I'm overwhelmed. Uh, thank you, Pastor Ariel. And Pastor June is here. I think I saw him. Pastor June, it's so good to see you and everybody uh, that has been part and have served and serves and gives. Uh, I'm in the presence of many of my heroes, and I'm so honored, and I, I'm just so humbled to be with you um, I want to talk to you a minute here this afternoon uh, about a particular promise that God's made to us. And and, uh, before I do that, I wanted to show you a picture of my family. Is that, did that come up? How about that? What a group that is right there, amen? What a group. There's quite, as Pastor Errol said, I have five daughters uh, four son-in-laws, and 10 crazy grandchildren. And uh, that's pretty good for a guy that's only 35 years old. That's it? <laughs> exciting. And when I look at that, I'm so blessed by God. I'm so honored by God. and But I want to really show you, you know, we posed for that picture, but I want to show you a different picture. Let's put up the other picture I have there they are with those funny faces and everything. And why am I showing you that? Because uh, there's, there's almost 20 of us in my family. And when we go to the restaurant and ask for t- a reservation of 20, that's hard to come by. And this represents to me the possibility of a crisis every day. Every day, something goes wrong with a group this size. Something goes wrong. Uh, and I I I say all the time, uh, when that many people, something's bound to go wrong. And when my daughters call, sometimes I'm afraid to answer the phone because I know usually when they call, they need something. Something's going wrong somewhere. And uh, my daughter called me the other day, and she said, Dad, My car's got a flat tire. And I said, Well, honey, I said, the last time I looked, you had a husband. (laughs) Why are you calling me? Why why are we crisis headquarters for everything that's going wrong? Well, that's what I want to talk to you about today. How many of you know that life can be challenging? Life can be complicated. As Pastor Arrow said, that's my wife of 40 years. She's the greatest thing ever. I've got one challenge with her. She's always telling me what to do. She's a firstborn. Is there any firstborn? How many firstborns here today? Raise your hand high. Let me see you firstborn. Now, I have this one question for you. How come you know everything about Everything. You know, my wife knows everything about everything. So she tells me what to do all the time. How, how many last borns in here? Any babies of the family? Oh, boy, I love you guys. I love you guys. I, my wife is the oldest of seven, and I am the youngest of five, the baby in the family. You know, as my wife, her, her, everything she thinks about is work, planning, get it done all we last born think about is having a good time, isn't it? We just want to have fun, right? No, this is my family, and challenges come all the time. Life can be challenging. Life can be complicated. One of my favorite Christian authors writes and talks about how do we, what is life all about? He says, at best, it's challenging. Amen. It's challenging, and it's complicated, and Jesus knew this. He knew this, and I want to catch up here with a very familiar passage of Scripture that you know about and are very familiar with, and and what's so fascinating to me here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 and 33. Let me read this to you. Do not worry then. This is Jesus talking to the crowd, saying, what will we eat? or what will we drink? or what will we wear? Here's Jesus talking to his followers and the crowd that's gathering, and he's talking to them about very real life issues, very real life issues. And, and here in this famous passage of the Sermon on the Mount, he's talking to them and he says, "Don't worry." Here's God talking and saying, Do not worry. Several years ago, a a research company in the United States, a Christian research company, went out and did a survey amongst Christians to find out what their greatest challenge is. And, And to their great surprise, they thought the survey would come back saying, I struggle with this, or I struggle with that, or I struggle with this. But the number one challenge was worry and anxiety. And here we find over 2,000 years ago, Jesus, the Son of God, is talking to the crowd, and he says to them, don't worry about what? Things you need, provision. What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? Jesus is talking about the very real daily needs of life. How many of you know you got to get your rent paid? Hallelujah. You've got to get your rent paid or your mortgage paid. You've got to find some food to eat. Amen. And here's Jesus. Here's the Son of God talking and saying, I'm going to talk to you about worry and anxiety and having your needs met. Having your needs met. And he goes on to say here in verse 32. For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. Now, I want to point this out to you here, here in verse 32. Jesus is saying, God knows that you need these things. Look at this here. Jesus does not rebuke them or get upset with them and say, What's wrong with you? Why are you concerning yourself? with material things. No, he's saying, listen, God knows you need these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you have needs in your life, very real ones. And here's what I want you to understand in respect to this. No one is more committed to meeting these needs in your life than God himself. No one. God cares more than you do about your rent. There is no one more committed to your success than God himself. He is on your side, beloved. Whatever mountain you're facing right now, whatever insurmountable challenge, praise God. As Pastor Bodhi said earlier, God is your friend, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Getting all excited about this now. God is on your side. He's not the author of darkness. He's not the author of things gone wrong. Now, he gets all the blame, unfortunately. But he's not the author of things gone wrong. As a matter of fact, he's committed to your success. Praise God. And Jesus goes on to give them the answer. What is the answer to every need in our life? What kind of need am I talking about? Well, Jesus says this, seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. All these things will be added unto you. He's talking about real needs here. You know, he's talking about financial needs. He's talking about relational needs. Does God care about your job and your career and who your friends are? Heck, yes, he does. Does God care about all things? Oh, he does. Jesus is talking here, and he says this. If you'll seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added unto you. Everything. What part of all these things isn't part of all these things? What area of your life lies outside of all these things? Other translations read, and everything else will be added unto you. There's not one place, beloved, in your life this morning. There's not one area, whether it's your marriage, your friendships, relationships, job, career, you name it. There's not one thing that lies outside of this promise. There's not one area of your life that lies outside of this promise. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus is talking about worry and unmet needs. He says, I care about these things. Praise God. What is he talking about here? A life riddled with worry and anxiety and fear is really not about unmet needs. Sometimes we think, and I think this way all the time. Man, I'm facing this difficulty. It's causing me to worry. It's a challenge. Life's designed by God. It's challenging. You say, I don't know what to do. I've got these mountains I'm looking at. Praise God. Welcome to the will of God for your life. He wants you to move them out of the way. Jesus said, I'm here to show you how to overcome. Praise God. I'm here to show you how this works. But it's not about your needs getting met. You might think, man, if I could just get my car payment for this month, I'd be so happy. May you'd be thinking, man, if this one thing would happen, if this one thing would change, I'd never worry again. Not true. Because why? Every month, the car payment rolls around. Every month, the rent is due. Really, in life, There is constant challenges all the time. There's constant opportunity to worry. There's constant opportunity to be afraid. And Jesus is saying this, being free from worry is not about getting what you need. What he's saying here, the way to walk free above worry and anxiety is all about priorities. It's all about priorities. Jesus said the key here, and here's the key word: first, first, first. He said, "If if you have right priority in your life, everything will work out." Hallelujah. Listen to me now, beloved. This is a promise. This is the first place promise. Jesus didn't say, if the kingdom of God is first in your life, it might ha- things might get better. No, no. He said, it will work itself out. Oh, man, you say, Pastor Phil... You, you seem to be excited today. Eh? Your life must be free of any challenges. Are you kidding me? My goodness. I showed you that family. Holy cow. At least once a week, one of those grandkids are on the way to the emergency room. I mean, it's constant. Oh, but let me tell you something. I know, so I've got a promise working for me. Oh, glory to God. I've got a promise working for me right now. I don't care how big the mountain. I don't care how big the need, how big the crisis. Ooh, glory. I've got a God so much bigger. So much bigger today, praise God. I've got a promise working for me. Oh, but don't fool yourself. It's not simple. No, no, no. This idea of first, first. Let's break this down for a minute. Jesus, God wants your time and attention. What does it mean to be first place in your life? Let's talk about this. I want want this promise because I'm facing challenges I don't have any answers for. I know I might be the only one in the room looking at a mountain so big that I don't know what to do, but there's plenty of those. Relational challenges, you name it. But God's saying this, I want your time and I want your attention. What's it mean to be first place? Oh, man, that's the challenge. How do we make the kingdom first in our life? Is it just a mindset? Is it just an attitude? No, it's not. It's time and attention. For you married men, women, you wonderful married couples in here, you know how that works, husbands, don't you? My wife doesn't want me just to talk to her. She wants me to spend time with her. I don't know why, but that's what she does. Just kidding. And you know what? It's a daily thing. She wants to talk to me every day. She wants me to prioritize her every day above everything else except for pursuing God. God wants a relationship with you. And as a matter of fact, he wants a daily relationship with you. As a matter of fact, he wants to be first in your life. Hallelujah. How do we make him first every day? Jesus said it this way it's a daily thing to follow me, it's a daily thing. If I want the power of this promise at work in my circumstances, then I've got to have him first. Jesus says, this is the cost of the promise. First place, not second, not third, not fourth, not somewhere on the sideline of my life when it comes to my time and my attention. That's what we're talking about. Time and focus. I like to say it this way. The first thing you do every day is the most important thing. When we break this down practically, the first thing you do every day is the most important thing. Think about that with me for a moment. What's the first thing you do every day? Besides wake up and get a cup of coffee. Do you go to your Instagram account and see how many likes you might have? Do you read the paper? Do you reach for email? Do you just get up in time to go to work? Where? Where does God fit in? Oh, no. He wants first place. First place. The first thing I do every day. The first thing I do is reach for the Scriptures. Reach. The first thing I do is reach for the Scriptures. The first place in my heart is the thing I do first. Now, do I always feel like doing that? Heck no. I can feel the strain and stress of life, the pressures and the enormous strain of job and career and everything we've got, the pressure of everything all around, everything, everything all around us tries to access first in your life. Everything around you wants that place in your life to be first. Oh, the urgent, the emergency, this or that. Oh, yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. Oh, man, I'll get, I'll read the Bible tomorrow. Oh, I'll do the strain. Oh, no, that's where the effort comes in. I know. When I rise in the morning, I, I, I as all of us do, we wake up to the pressures of life, don't we? Oh, I got to do this. Oh, if I don't take care of that, this will happen. Oh, I better call that person. Oh, I better send this email. I better send this. T- How to- First, you've got to push that aside and reach for God. And that commitment. Oh, that's why I said a moment ago, yes, there are many challenges going on in my life. Oh, I mean, my goodness, the challenges all around my life. Man, it had at least half of them. I don't have any answers for. But this I know. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. It has to work, it'll work itself out. That's the promise here. That's the promise of first. If I'll put him first, if I'll put his kingdom first, everything else will be added unto you. I like saying it this way. Everything else will work itself out. The healing will come. The breakthrough will come. The change will come. The new job will come. Everything you feel stuck in right now will start changing. Your marriage will change. Your children will, your adult children will change. Oh, you name it. Come on, name with me. Think about what, where is it, where is your greatest point of worry and anxiety and discouragement? Oh, what's the answer? First place. Put him first. That's why I know that I know that I know that I know it's going to work itself out. The change is going to, What every challenge I'm facing, glory to God, it's going to work itself out. Why? Because I put all my effort in making him first. All my time and effort. And now I know this promise is at work for me. No matter how big the challenge, no matter the circumstances that I don't have answers for, All I know is that God, his promise, is at work for me. Amen? Can you say amen? You know, I want to close with this illustration this afternoon. I know as I look out upon the beautiful congregation, I know some of you can remember these things I want to talk about, but I'm holding in my hand this iPhone. Hallelujah. And do you know, you probably do, that there's more technology in the palm of my hand than what they than all the all the technology they had to send a man to the moon back in the 60s. That's how powerful this phone is right here. Its capabilities, I and And being an old guy, I I probably use maybe a tenth of what it can do because I can't understand the rest of it. But some of you can remember, I remember the day the only phone we had in the house was hanging on the wall of the kitchen. Anybody remember that? And it had this 50-foot-long cord on it so you could stretch it everywhere. You remember that? And then when you became a teenager, you tried to stretch it way down the hallway into your room so your mama couldn't hear you talking to your friends. Had that long, I was getting, and then in your, in, the only other phone in the house was in your mom and dad's room. You dare not get caught in there being on that phone. You remember that long phone? Some can't even, but that's the way it was. I mean, we, that, we were hooked to that cable. That long line, that that cord that was on that phone. And, and for my generation, the, the, the incredible technological breakthrough came when the cordless phone was invented. Anybody remember the cordless phone? Oh, man, that, now we were free at last, baby. Because we could walk anywhere with that cordless phone. The only problem was it had a 12-foot antenna on it. But remember that the antenna on those things, fast air, they were so long, you had to pull them out. And, and that cordless phone was so exciting because you weren't tethered anymore to that phone. You could actually walk around your house and talk on it. The only problem was if you got too far away from its box, it'd start breaking up. When it, hold on, I gotta get closer you'd be talking to your friends, and they say, I can't hear you anymore. Get closer to the box. So you'd have to stay within a certain area for it to work. So although we were free from the cord, we now had to stay pretty close to make it work. Some of you remember those days. Now, this, this mobile phone, aptly named, we call them cell phones now, but they were first called Mobile, mobile, because we didn't have to be near the box anymore. We could go anywhere and talk on these things. How fantastic is that? And now they're powerful mini computers. I want you to know something this morning. Some of you may be engineers and, and, and understand all the inner workings of this phone, but I don't. I don't know how it does what it does. Are you hearing me? The the processors back here and everything at work to make this thing do what it does. You know, I'm just an ignorant consumer. I just buy this thing and it's wonderful. I don't know how it works, but I don't really need to. I don't need to know how the processors work but they work. All I need to do to access the power of this this computer in my hands, all I really have to do is turn it on. And it's pretty simple after that. Turn it on turn this thing on, and all its power is at my disposal now. I, I don't necessarily know how it does what it does, but I push a few buttons and I can send an email around the world. I am constantly in touch with world. I mean, it's in, the power of this is amazing. I want you to know it's the same way the kingdom of God. I don't know how God's gonna do what He's gonna do and some of the challenges I'm facing. I don't have the answers and some of the challenges I'm facing. I can't tell the future. I don't know what's gonna happen with, I would say, at least 15 different things I'm praying about. I don't know, I don't have the answers. I don't know how God's gonna work. It out, but this I know if I turn it on, hallelujah. If I turn it on, all of heaven's power comes to work on my behalf. All of heaven's power. Oh, praise God. But I gotta turn it on, I've got to put him first. And that's what I want to just deeply, lovingly appeal to you. If you'll make a decision today to put God and his kingdom first, if you'll make a decision today to seek his word every day, first place, no matter where you are in life, no matter what child, no matter age, no matter career, no matter where you are, hallelujah. If you'll make the decision today, I know you love God and care and want us, but this is different first place. This is not for the casual. Or, 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 this is different. If you want God's power at work in your circumstances, If you're stuck in a job that you just don't know how to get out of, you don't know what to do, God can change it. If your marriage isn't doing well, God can change it. If some of your relationships are failing, God can change it. If your finances are broken, glory to God, he can change that. There's nothing he can't do. But it's about first. I encourage you today, if you'll do this, if you'll stop looking at the problem and begin to focus on the kingdom. I don't know God's timing on these things, but he'll come. He'll come. If you're discouraged today because you're facing an impossible challenge, there's nothing too big for God. There's nothing he can't do. But we've got to turn it on. We've got to find first place. No, and you can start today. Do what, Pastor Phil? Wake up tomorrow morning and reach for the scriptures first. Spend 30 minutes there. Spend 30 minutes there. Secondly, every day, spend 30 minutes. Secondly, join a small group. Join this community of faith with Pastor Errol and Pastor Bodie and this beautiful team here invest in the church. Make God first place. And everything else will start to change. What you thought couldn't change will change, wives. Everything will start to change. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.vikrialabong.church